Our second scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In our scripture passage for this morning, a young woman has recently been told that she will be the mother of God. She runs to her favorite aunt's house, who blesses her as they celebrate and worship the Lord together. Before the star, before the shepherds, before the manger, before the inn, Christmas begins with God choosing Mary and Mary giving God a resounding yes. In a sense, Mary is the perfect example of faithful discipleship. Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit, believes in God's promises, she says yes to God, and she is filled with awe, hope, joy, and energy. Indeed, Mary's yes to God was an act of faith, obedience, and courage. But the Reverend Daniel Brereton reminds us that not every yes to God, not even hers necessarily, comes with hands folded gently in prayer and a head bowed meekly in submission. Sometimes our yes to God comes through gritted teeth, and this too is faith. Sometimes our yes to God comes with our hands tightly clenched as we struggle to let go of our own plans, our own certainties. We struggle to open ourselves up to painfully new possibilities, new directions, and a lot of fearful uncertainty. But this, too, is obedience. Mary's yes mirrors the ultimate faith decision. You can hear about it, think about it, but ultimately, you either passively roll with it 
or you give God a resounding yes. Mary's yes brought new opportunities and potential and a savior into the world. The poet Philip Fritz said, it was in the surrender of herself to God that Mary became the mother of Christ. It was in her acceptance of Gabriel's message that the great decisive event of history took place. Far from a quiet and passive vessel for God, Mary is the first disciple accepting God's will, supporting Christ's work in the world from even before his birth. She would go on to raise Jesus, witnessing the wise men bringing him gifts while they were refugees in Egypt, taking him with family and friends to the temple each year for Passover. She watched him grow up, maybe even cooked his favorite meals on special occasions. Mary is the one encouraging Jesus to perform his first public miracle at a wedding in Cana. She is the one as close as she can get to the cross when her son is being crucified. But it all began with a yes, with a resounding yes. Mary trusts that God's promises are true, even for someone as insignificant as her. God has said yes to Mary. She trusts that yes and responds with one of her own. Her yes is resounding because she doesn't just meekly accept this as her fate. She takes an active role and she sings. Her yes resounds in song, a song we call the Magnificat. The news of the Savior makes Mary's heart leap with joy and fills her mouth with songs of praise. Mary not only accepts God's will, but she rejoices in it. She has faith that God is fulfilling the promises God has made. Her song is marked by joy and wonder. More than predictions of what is to come, the Magnificat glorifies God for God's goodness. Mary sings of all God will do in the past tense because she has confidence that God will do it. The fulfillment of these promises have happened and are happening now. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian who was executed by the Nazis, called the Magnificat the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. Mary's song shows us that God is overthrowing the powerful through the weakness of a child. God reverses the human way of things, where the proud are scattered, the powerful are deposed, the lowly are exalted, and the hungry are fed. Mary's song is a word of blessing and hope, promise and challenge. How might God use us to bring down the powerful and lift up the lowly? Mary's resounding yes is a song. It's not a soft and gentle lullaby, but a joyful proclamation of blessing and hope, promise and challenge. Her resounding yes magnifies God's yes to the world. What might our resounding yes sound like? How might our lives magnify the Lord who looks with favor, who scatters the proud, who brings down the powerful, who lifts the lowly, who fills the hungry, 
who remembers mercy. You may say you can't sing like Mary, but you don't have to. A resounding yes can sound like volunteering at the Moore Free Clinic or the Habitat Restore. A resounding yes can sound like soft morning prayers. It can sound like hard truths spoken in love or chants at a rally for justice. A resounding yes can sound like the patient words of parents with their children, saying, I love you, or the clanging of pots and pans in the church kitchen. It sounds like anything and everything that makes God's love embodied and real in the world. Mary is the mother of God, The God who partners with peasants, is born in poverty, washes feet, heals the sick, advocates for the oppressed, is unjustly killed, and still changes the entire world. Before the crucified Jesus was wrapped in linen cloth and laid in a tomb, baby Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. And maybe... Maybe Mary held baby Jesus and thought, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Do your body and blood say yes? Emily P. Freeman put it this way, God could have arrived grown in charge meddled, degreed, expert, privileged, and fully equipped. Instead, God chose to arrive small and grow slow. Instead, God chose to be formed. Instead, God chose to arrive tucked into the dark, warm body of a woman. God poured divinity into humanity, God submitted to gravity and to time and chose to walk among us as one of us. God came as a tiny baby, placing the salvation of the whole world into the arms of a young girl. Jesus didn't simply put up with the limitations of earth. He chose them on purpose as the place to reveal his limitless, boundless, and unconditional love. God chose Mary, and God chooses all of us. In these last few days of Advent and into the Christmas season, give God the same yes as Mary. Look at what God is doing in our weary world and proclaim with Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for Mary, for her yes. We give you thanks for our Savior. We pray that you would continue to equip and empower us to give you that same yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.